Hello there. Welcome to the Cold Turkey Podcast. This week, I am with Macy. Um, it was an interesting story and an interesting uh, conversation I had with uh, Macy. Actually, um, a lot more in common than I could have imagined from uh, someone uh, that young. I mean, uh, uh, there's there's clearly a, a, an age difference between her and I. and um, But at the same time, you know, like uh, a lot of times uh, when I sit down and record with with guests, uh, I come to realize that they're much more in common than I can even imagine with uh, another addict. Um, and with Macy, it was uh, just uh, mind-blowing how, ma- how many times she just reached out um, right into my subconscious and just woke uh, stuff that, you know, like I, I I didn't expect. And it was uh, an amazing conversation I had with Macy. And um, last thing I'm going to leave you with is, you know, like don't hesitate and share the podcast, letting the podcast known to your friends, to your family. Uh, and if you're in, interested in participating and being a guest to the podcast, you can actually reach me out either through the Facebook page that's Podcast Cold Turkey, that blue and white logo that you see uh, if you're listening to this on, on your podcast. Uh, preferred platform of podcasting of a choice or uh, through my Instagram page. I do have a, a podcast called Turkey Instagram page. So again, um, the, the pretty much you know, like the ad logo of the Instagram page is that blue and white logo. So without further ado, here's Macy. Enjoy. Hi, Macy. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Alex? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, first thing first, you know, like I, uh, I'm getting fucking fed up of doing it. But you know, like I have to ask, you know, like what region are you in, and you know, like how, how's your uh, sobriety doing through the pandemic? Uh, so I am in Colorado, Aurora, Denver area in Colorado. Um, so I've been sober for almost seven months now. Um, I stopped drinking. I for like officially when I started going to AA was last September. So it's been basically a full year since I've been in the program. Um, But I had a couple like relapses in there until I, you know, how a lot of us finally maybe get it a little bit. But um, so during the pandemic, it's actually been um, really beneficial for me. Anyway, I was serving um, at a restaurant and obviously that got shut down. So I was at home. I did some unemployment. Um, I actually started my own business um, during that time period. Um, but just like being able to kind of be away from people um, and be away from that environment of a restaurant um, where a lot of people are drinking all the time, like after their shifts, that's kind of what everyone's doing. Yep. Um, I got to kind of just be with myself, my dogs and my boyfriend. Um, and I got really close with my sponsor during that time. Um, I was kind of just doing a lot of walks outside, taking my big book out to like the park and stuff and reading. And, um, I'm more of like a spiritual person. I'm not super about, um, my higher power is more of the universe for me. 
Um, so I spent a lot of time outside um, and kind of just doing a lot of reading with like the big book and all the stories in the back. And so it was really beneficial for me. I enjoyed it. I know that that could be kind of a bad thing to say because a lot of people it's been like really like horrible for a lot of people. But for me, it uh, actually helped me out a lot. And I'm well, it's actually the contrary, you know, like, for, you know, like I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, like you, you, you had enough time to build a strong bond with people that you can trust. And, you know, like you mm-hmm. talked about your sponsor and, um, that's, that's, that's great. You know, like that's, uh, I had a guest that, you know, like, I think she had three weeks before the confinement, um, that she attended like three weeks of meetings and then, you know, like they confined quarantined. Um, and, and she was, I would say, um, lucky enough to find, um, trust, trust people that she could actually, you know, talk to, uh, when, when it all kicked off, kicked off. Yeah. Like just like a little bit before it actually started, she got to like get her feet wet a little bit with it. Yeah, and she and she had enough, you know, like contact and phone numbers that you know, like she could just call, um, because you know, like, well, you know, like on my on my part, um, even after you know, like a, a few years, um, going virtual was was a pain in the ass, you know, like it, you know, like I, and I, I I never hid that from you know, like all of my podcasts talking about you know, like the first few weeks were really tough for me, you know, like trying to do a meeting on Zoom mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, fuck, you know, like for me it was just crazy, you know, like I, I, I anyways, you know, like I, I couldn't see how. Um, eventually, I caught, I got it, but you know, like it was, you know, like I'm used to hugs, I'm used to, um, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm an introvert necessarily, but you know, like I'm, I'm kind of the shy person a bit. Um, um, but you know, like if I get, um, close and you know, like I, I would, I, all of the confidence, you know, you know, like it, it was tough for me, you know, like, so, so, um, I found my rhythm in it, you know, like, um, and since then, you know, like I'm, I'm okay. Uh, but you know, like it, it's, um, I'm so happy, you know, like, so don't be, don't be, uh, you know, like don't don't be shy about talking about the fact that you were you you were uh, pretty much graced by you know like just <laughs> having great contacts and you know like that it went well you know like it's it's an it's a it's a great thing, um, and so as does usually all of my podcast begins, I'm going to be asking to rewind Macy's life stories <laughs> tape, and um, either by you know like the first memories you have of either you using or mm-hmm. sometimes and a lot of times, so like it's about you being witness of, you know, substance use around you. Um, and so by doing so, maybe you want to, you know, dress up a bit of a family picture and, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and all that, you know, like, so let's rewind mm-hmm. that tape and uh, 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 the floor is all yours. All right. Thanks. Um, Let's see. Well, I, my dad is an alcoholic, um, but he has been sober since I was born. So I've never seen him drink and I'm very grateful for that. Um, my mom can drink every now and she does every now and then has like a Bud Light, but nothing. That's it. Um, but growing up, um, Let's see. I 
really started drinking probably when I was around 14, I think. Um, most of the fam people on my dad's side of the family are alcoholics. Um, and I think it was like the summer of seventh grade, I think. And it was like my first love that I had had moved away. Um, I was really depressed. I wouldn't get out of bed. I'm a very emotional person. And uh, my parents had me go stay with my aunt in Kansas uh, for the summer. And uh, she is an alcoholic and she let me drink while I was there. Um, so that's kind of where it be where it began. And it was just fun. Like I felt like I was included and stuff. And um, I wouldn't say I was like a big outcast or anything when I was younger, but I wasn't popular. I was like a rebel. Um, but I was always really nice to everybody, like, you know, kind of to like the underdog type people. Um, but I wouldn't say that I like didn't super fit in. I kind of just like floated around. Um, I have an older sister. She's two years older me, older than me and I'm 20, I'm 27. And then I have a younger brother who's four years younger than me. Um, I think maybe my sister had had some issues with like substances at some point and not really my brother kind of just went right to me. Um, I didn't really get along with my siblings growing up. We didn't really basically just fought all the time. We kind of had a little dysfunctional family. Um, my dad drilled water wells for about 14 years, so he wasn't really home uh, often growing up. Um, and I'm a big daddy's girl, and I know I have a lot of resentments um, towards that. My mom cleaned houses basically our whole life, so... That's what she was basically doing during the day. We kind of were home by ourselves a lot, I guess. Um, I'd say, you know, I was always drinking past that point of 14. Um, I don't think it became like a serious problem probably till I was like 17. Um, I remember I had stolen some alcohol from my neighbor and I hid it in my mini fridge in my room and uh, my parents found it or my brother did was snooping through and like told on me or something. And um, they were, my dad was asking me like, why do you drink or what makes you want to drink? And I was like, to get fucked up. What do you think? <laughs> That's right. Well, um, what, ba ba basic, basic things, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want to get fucked up. And he was like, that's, he's like, to him, he was like, that's how he knew that I was an alcoholic because it wasn't like a social thing or it was just kind of like I'm drinking to, to get messed up. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm having fun with my friends and this and that. Like yeah. I was, I had a goal to meet like every time, um, and I remember I have written in this journal um, since I was like 14 up to like 20 something. Um, so it's basically like everything written in there of like, but I totally forgot over the years because I wouldn't say that I have like a wet, a wet brain as you would call it, but I don't remember anything. I have to like put sticky notes around my house to this day to remember things. Um, and you say like short term memory or just... Um, uh, yeah, kind of like short, yeah, a little bit of like short term memory, and it's very frustrating. And I kind of throw it off as like a joke sometimes with my boyfriend, but I do not like remember. 
I literally have like sticky notes and notes that I have to be writing on constantly to like remember certain things. It's very frustrating. Would, would it, you know, like, would it be something like ADD or something like that, you think? No, or you know? No, I don't think I would say I have ADD. Um, but I've always just had a horrible memory. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of what it is there. Um, so I remember them saying like, oh, they were going to put me in AA when I was like 17 or I'd written that down in my journal and nothing ever happened um, with that. And I just kept kept drinking. And then, you know, it slowly progresses over time. Um, and last year, it just got so bad where I'd be like passing out while I was driving and blacking out literally every single time I would drink. And, uh, my boyfriend doesn't drink. So, you know, when you're with someone who doesn't drink and you're only constantly drinking, it becomes more noticeable, you know? And it's just when like, did you, when did you meet him? Um, we've been together for about three years. Oh, okay. So before that, um, mm -hmm. you know, like the few questions I got is what was your, you know, like pretty much like a re relation with authority in general, you know, like, and, and I mean by that, that, you know, like your, your first contact with any form of authority, um, uh, is pretty much, you know, like after, uh, after your parents is cool. So I was school actually. Oh, school. Um, I did okay. Like I was a pretty good student, um, probably until high school. Like I wasn't all like AP, like college classes, but I never went, I never went to school. I was always like focused on boys and I just did not care like about it at all. I was totally focused on getting fucked up and drinking and partying and doing drugs. And, um, I would tell my parents like, I'm going out to a rave and, I'm going to do ecstasy tonight. And my mom would just be like, Macy, Joe, just say it like that. And I'd be like, Hey, bye. And then I wouldn't come home till like 3am. I don't really know. Um, I think my parents did the best that they could. I think us three kids were very, we were hard to handle. We all had our different issues. And uh, I know my parents, especially my dad thinks that I blame him for everything. Uh, Sorry, I always get like emotional when I talk about it, but um, I I love my dad very much and he's like my hero and we have like a very close relationship now, but growing up it was, it was really hard um, just with both of my parents. We just didn't like see eye to eye on stuff and I just did whatever I wanted. I was just ran wild all the time and oh i don't yeah, know i mean you know like macy you're like I, i'm i'm a father of a 23 year old right now that's right in the middle of it all so like <laughs> he's he's uh he's um one of the last time we spoke about we talked about that you know like i asked him so don't you want to stop and he actually bluntly said no i'm enjoying it i said okay well, and so um, I'm I'm separated from his mom, and so his mom I would define as an enabler. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. we haven't spoken. I would say 
that he's that he's so you know because he went in therapy last year so we had a conversation when he got out of therapy and i'm actually the first person he called when he when he ended up in therapy um saying that he misses me and all that and so he lasted three months when he got out and spent a lot of time with me um and then yeah that was march 2019 one of the last i would say sober talk we had mm-hmm. uh he's he's the he's the second episode of the podcast he was he was clean at the time oh. um and uh yeah so we had a talk there and i remember asking him um so have you called you know he had a few i would say sober friends and i said have you called this guy and this guy and he said no 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 I said so how are you going to get to the meeting tonight and you know like he was super evasive on his answer mm-hmm. and um and then you know like I, we always get kind of a feeling and i was like ah fuck you know so i came back home and my wife um actually told me um she asked me so how was Timmy doing and, and I was like, eh. and I knew it, you know, like, so, um, fast forward almost, uh, well, almost two years later. And, um, he actually called me two months ago, completely fucked up mm. and, uh, gave me all kind of shit. It was all from, I love you, but want to punch you in the face to mm-hmm. I miss my dad to you're a fucking loser to everything else you know like so so he threw at me everything but you know like the phone <laughs> and um that was the last time you know like so um one thing that I know is you know like how not to be an enabler mm-hmm. as a father I mean you know like and, and as a at someone that care for someone that uses. So um, I totally understand what you're saying, like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the pain that a parent is going through, as well as um, how do I help someone that's using that I do care for um, get faster at the bottom of the barrel? Um, actually taking the risk that it could cost that person a lot uh, and not only physically or financially but you know like it, it could cost it's a it's a huge gamble you think um, not helping someone but at the same mm-hmm. time I think it's it's more uh, hurtful to you know, like financially help someone that has a, a substance abuse problem. And, you know, like, so it's a fucking, uh, it's crazy, you know, like, so, so I totally understand you as well as I totally understand your, your, your father, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, like a, an emotional load that's, uh, that's heavy, you know, it's heavy to carry on both end. Um, they, you know, like you talked about your father with, you know, like a lot of affection and, um, you must be similar, you know, like you must be, you <laughs> yeah. know, like you, you must be pretty much like the same, yeah. um, which I, I do have 
um, and I've been told, and I know, you know, like a lot of similarities with my own son, you know, like, so it's, uh, you know, like for, for the parent, it's always like either knocking yourself on the head saying, how did I fucking carry that to my child? Um, yeah, you know, like there's, there's a, you know, like there's guilt around that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's, so there's a lot of work that you need to do yourself about, you know, like it's, you, you know, like you've got not much to do with it, even though, um, long perpetual debate around, you know, like is, is addiction genetic or, you know, like, is it learned mm -hmm. or God knows, you know, like you had, you had very little, um, I would say, you know, like, uh, inspir inspirational figures as you described, you know, and you ended up, um, just enjoying the taste of it for the sake of being fucked up, you know, like, yeah. so, <laughs> so it's, it's hard to tell, you know, like it's a, I, I, I tend to believe that it's a genetic thing. Um, I see a whole side of the tree in my, in my family tree that, you know, like definitely they're all drunks, you know, like they're all, you know, like they all have either emotional problems or mm -hmm. just substance substance use problems so um so i did definitely something going in the bloodline around that you know like and i and i actually gave it to my son and i think that my daughter too but you know like i'm not sure you know mm -hmm. like she she doesn't speak to me either um yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's just weird, you know, like, I, and, and it touches me to hear you talk about, you know, like the, the kind of the dynamic of you, um, feeling guilty for him, maybe feeling guilty as well. You know, like, and, you know, like it's, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a weird, it's a weird circle. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, sorry about that. You know, like, it's just, uh, I, I, you know, like I, I got carried on, but, um, no, I like that. You can relate. That's the thing with, alcoholics you know we have like this just camaraderie with each other that people normies i guess don't really understand um like with my boyfriend he he will he, does, he will never understand he's extremely supportive um and he's always there for me but he has no idea no idea what it's like or even people at my work um you know i tell them like yeah i'm sober and they're like would you get a dui or something like that and i'm like no, like I'm a raging alcoholic actually. And I just can't, <laughs> I can't drink. I have not ever had a DUI, but, uh, and they're kind of just like, Oh, all right, cool. Well, good for you. Like walks away slowly. <laughs> like, my wife, my wife actually had to learn, you know, like it's funny because even at dinner tonight, you know, like she bought like that small, um, you know, like that small portion, which is like, like a single use portion, but like the small, uh, thing of Agen, of Agendas. And she oh, fucking, mm -hmm. she fucking knows me. Oh, you ate all of it. <laughs> well, I was about to. Yeah. <laughs> but because the last time I did and, and I was just like laying over the fucking couch, like, Ugh. oh, yeah. And she mm -hmm. was like, and she, she's like, what did you do? I'm like, well, I ate the old thing because I thought <laughs> that she did too. And she was like, no, I had, I had, you know, like it was like the second or third time she had, you know, like taking a few spoons of it and she's like mm -hmm. i finished it because it was over you know like it was my it was like my like the third <laughs> of three that you're like i i had you know like i i had taken some mm -hmm. i'm like well i saw that you finished yours and i was like well might as well mm -hmm. and finish mine and um 
but she, you know, like so we, we laugh about it now, but you know, like we've been together for over 12 years and, you know, like initially like she just couldn't understand you know like what the fuck you know like you you're getting sick you know like by eating too many candies what is oh, that yeah you're yeah like, yeah that's hilarious that you say that because <laughs> it, it's the exact same thing like i know like right when i first got sober like i literally ate like two packages of oreos in like one sitting or yeah. like i would eat like 12 reese's pieces cups and even now we buy my favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip and he likes cookie dough and we buy the hagen dazs and Literally, he'll be like, honey, let me put some in a bowl for you. And I'm like, don't you fucking touch my ice cream. Like, I will eat it out of its container with a spoon and I will be done when I'm done. And he'll take like two bites of his and put the lid back on and put it in the freezer. And I'm like guarding mine with my life and like eating the entire thing in one sitting till I get sick. Like, I just I'll keep going. It doesn't matter. And I feel like those things like we always just still have those like addictive like behaviors. Yeah, it's an obsession and compulsion, you know, like, so, mm -hmm. so, you know, like, I have to be careful in life, you know, like, my wife will lovely say that I'm a passionate individual, you know, like, <laughs> which is lovely, you know, like, I love, you know, like, being coined passionate, but, um, at the end of the day, you know, like, I, I, I definitely need to be careful about, um, about how I do handle things, mm -hmm. um, I could, I could get lost and, you know, like, um, whatever I touch, you know, like if I, if I, if I fall in love with something, you know, like, and I mean, like okay. it would be like a clothing line mm -hmm. and I'm going to be just going fucking crazy over it, you know, like, and so sometimes it's, 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 um, it's going to be remarked as, oh, wow, he's dedicated to the cause. You know, no, 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 <laughs> I'm obsessing to the fucking cause. You know, like, that's different. Um, if you can't sleep over it, you know, like, there's a problem. Again, you know, like, mm -hmm. if, if you get sick over eating too many, I got sick over fucking rainbow nerds one time. <laughs> you know, like, I got stuck in traffic, ate the old, I think it was a pounder of these shit. Um and threw up a fucking rainbow in traffic. You know, like, so, you know, like, and people, you know, like you tell that story, people are like, are you fucking nuts? And no, 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 no. Are you all right? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, so, so uh, I love the expression, the normies, but, you know, like that was pretty much it. And, you know, like some people, they just, they, it doesn't add up. You know, like they're like, what, how, you know, like, didn't you feel that you were getting sick? I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, like <laughs> when it was too late, you know, <laughs> um, as yeah, I, I did, as I did with booze, as I did with, with weed, you know, like I, I, oh, yeah. I, I was, um, I was talking, um, uh, I was recording Monday and, um, she, she was telling me that, you know, like when she stopped, um, she did some NA meeting and, you know, like she couldn't, um, she had a hard time, um, f having a feeling of belonging because, you know, like she was, she was, um, sitting with, you know, like Coke addict and, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, um, whatever, you know, like, like heavy drug, uh, use addiction. Um, and I said, no, 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 no. And she, 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 she since figured it out, but you know, like I was like, no, but you know, like I was, you know, like some would say I was only, um, like a weed, heavy weed and alcohol use, uh, user. And so, um, obviously having a conversation that was, you know, like quite heavy on Coke and, and so mm -hmm. on, um, 
it could be uh, like a challenging task, but I quickly realized that, you know, like when, you know, like that, that feeling of emptiness and that feeling of um, sadness or whatever, you know, like it was all the same. Yeah. Um, I, I, I may have tried Coke like Shh. twice and or once, but you know, like I, re uh, I remember vividly being scared shitless uh, how confident I was when I used that. And I, I said earlier that I was a shy guy introvert and I felt like using that, I could kick the bouncer and doorman's <laughs> ass. I mean, fuck, you know, like my life was in danger for sure, either by me ruining myself financially or me getting killed by a doorman that wouldn't tolerate my at attitude that night. You know, like, so I was like, like drug right there. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. So I was like, I can't touch it anymore. Um, so they were, you know, like I, I listened to that kind of screaming and shouting voice in my head saying, don't fucking do it, you know, because it, it almost felt too good. Um, and so I was, I guess, lucky and, you know, like I just, just blessed by, by that warning. Um, cause I might as well have been dead, you know, like, so yeah, you know, like, it's just, um, it's great, you know, like, so Wow, you know, like that's one of those nights, you know, like I can relate a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so you said that, you know, like so, so you finished high school. Did you finish high school in 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 a, on a good in a good way? You know, like yeah. I was no, okay. Um, yeah, I graduated. Like it was fine. Um, I I was just like such a huge partier. Um, I ended up going to like vet tech school in like 2014, but I didn't finish all the way because I stopped going to class because I was just partying too much. Um, I guess if we want to start back kind of, oh, back towards the beginning. Let's see. So like I said, I went and stayed at my aunt's house um, in that summer and I was drinking a lot. Um, that guy that was like my first love moved to a different city in Colorado and uh, he I think that's when he started drinking over there um, and doing drugs and stuff like that. And uh, he would still call me from time to time and I would call him and like date other people. He dated other people, but we would still call each other often. Um, I got in with like kind of a good group of kids, but I was like still the bad one. Like none of them like really drank or did drugs, but I was the one that did. Um, and let's see that that same guy moved back. Uh, to the town when I was like a senior and instantly we like got back together. Uh, my dad actually hated him from the moment he met him, wouldn't even shake his hand. And um, when we were like 14, I mean, this guy, we were on and off for about eight years. Uh, we officially like broke up in like 2013, but um, that relationship, like I for sure became like an alcoholic during that time. And I think I'm not sure. I can't speak for him, but he drank just as much as I did. Um, but I remember like we would stay at his dad's house and uh, being in high school still and literally just like pour our cups with vodka and just drink vodka out the glass and just all night long, all night long do that, um, do ecstasy and all that stuff. I guess now it's Molly, but <laughs> uh, ecstasy, we would do that, go to raves and um, just that toxic, um, cycle. Yeah. It just, 
we probably like we hated each other, but we loved each other so much and uh, just constantly fighting all the time. But somehow we were always just brought back together. Um, but it, it was pretty bad. I mean, like one night <clears throat> we I think he was living at my parents house with me and uh, we were going to go to a party. My dad told him was like, if you make her cry one more time, that's it. It's done. He was like, okay. So we went out to this party, ended up calling my dad crying. My dad knew where we were. He comes flying up the street, hops out of a car with a baseball bat. And he's like, I fucking warned you. That was the last time. And he's like trying to swing at a, or swing at him, hit him with the baseball bat. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like all this stuff. And the kid who was having the party was like, please, like, just go with your dad, Macy. Like, I don't want the cops to come. <laughs> My dad is just like out with this baseball bat. And, uh, you know, of course we're all drunk and get in the car and I'm like yelling at my dad and, you know, I'm going to tell mom what you did and all this stuff. And like, we get home and my brother's like peeking out of the room, like wondering what's going on. Cause he's all like way younger than I am. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting my mom's face and kind of like chest bumping her a little bit because she was just like looking at me and I was really drunk. And I was like, what? Like, you got something to say to me? It looks like you want to say it. And, you know, like it it just like was yelling and fighting and like he was never allowed back at her house and all this stuff. And um, <clears throat> we ended up staying at like a hotel, me and this guy, like one night or something. And my dad was like, well, you got to choose between him or him or me and I was like well you're you're not gonna like that choice you know I'm like a 17 or 18 year old girl like obviously like I'm gonna choose the guy and uh me and my dad's relationship kind of has just been I don't know weird I think he just loves me so much but he can't use like his words or like he's just not like an emotional person, you know, he can come off as like a really big asshole. Um, when I was younger, I like always wanted his attention all the time. And I just remember him and remember this, it always stuck with me that he would call me a leech and tell me to get away from him whenever he would come home. And I was a very depressed kid. Um, I would cut myself when I was younger and no one really knew about it for like, probably like two or three years or something. And then, uh, I was wore black all the time. I was kind of like an emo kid. And I remember like my dad seen it on my arm one day and he was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, like, it's just a cat. And he was like, well, bullshit. He's like, don't let me ever see that shit again. And that was it. And then um, I ended up like saying I was going to kill myself and uh, my to my boyfriend and he called my mom and uh my mom was like, oh, show me your arms. And like, I just had all these like cuts, like all the way up, like even on my shoulders and stuff. And we ended up having to like go to a psychologist. And I remember, you know, talking to the psychologist alone about things. And uh, then we'd have to do like a group type therapy thing with my mom and dad. And I don't know, my dad would just be like, that's bullshit. Like, that's not true. Like, I don't ignore you. And like, I never called you that. And it was just always denying like everything all the time. Like, like they had no part in anything of what was going on in my life or like, even now it's hard to like talk about my childhood with my parents because especially with my mom, cause we didn't get along growing up. 
either. And um, she would just be like, well, I don't know why, like, why you're, you do all this stuff. Like, it's not like you had it so bad, you know, like. It, it's just like hard, you know, like there's just so many things like snowball into other stuff and then you drink to like forget about those things and then it just like keeps going and going and going and until you just don't even know anymore like you've drinking to cover up stuff and then you fuck up and then you drink to like not think about those fuck ups and then you fuck up again and I started uh you know I got really into like cocaine a couple years ago and I really really like that um I would be up like me and my one of my exes would buy like eight balls and we would be up all night long just doing it. And he drank as much as I did. Like we would get like six pills of ecstasy to just hang out at the house. Um, and it didn't seem like a problem because we were just both doing it together. So it was like, whatever, you know, and then it gets to the point where I'm throwing up blood and I have to go to the emergency room because, you know, I tore my like esophagus lining or something from you know drinking and my drink is Jim Beam that's what I like um and I just drink it neat and so that will like fuck with your stomach pretty bad um if you're just constantly drinking it all the time and you know like blood both ends (laughs) constantly so it wasn't like a really fun experience um I know like in 2013 kind of after me and that guy officially ended my friend was escorting and she wanted me to do it with her so I started escorting at that time working for this company in Denver and uh did that for maybe like on and off for like two or three years and that you know then you drink you just drink before like during like you're this is like this lifestyle of everything you do you're just always getting fucked up all the time with these things. And I know a lot of my issues that I have with alcohol um, are like sexual based and related. I've been like very promiscuous my whole life. And um, and now in my sobriety, I don't find myself being that. I don't really want to engage in that as much as I did when I was drinking. Um, but I'm still trying to like figure out why. Um, I I think when I was younger, I'd use, like, my body to get what I wanted. And when you're drinking, you don't really care what... At least I didn't with my body, didn't care what I was doing. Um, and I was just always really sad. Like, I never felt like I was good enough for uh, any of the people. And I think a lot of that just came from the issues I had with my dad. Just, like, typical daddy issues, girl, you know? And yeah. I was always trying to get it from any man that came into my life and I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like I'm a very emotional person and it just made me, made me really sad feeling like, you know, I could just sleep with all these people and that's all that they wanted me for. But it's like, I, I I don't know. It's just like a weird thing. And like, um, in 2018, my uncle, uh, got killed And uh, it was like on my dad's side of the family. And so I went to Kansas to go to the funeral. And uh, while I was there, my grandpa, he's not my uh, blood related grandpa. He's my adopted grandpa, um, ended up like sexually assaulting me while I was there. And I've hardly told anybody about that. Um, 
right after it happened, I called my boyfriend while I was there and he was like, I want you to come home right now. Cause I went by myself and he was like, I don't want you to stay another day. He was like, I want you to leave. But it's like everyone in the family was getting like fucked up to like, uh, in like a memorializing, you know, my uncle and stuff. Cause you know, that's what we do in Kansas is drink. And, uh, you know, I ended up telling my aunt and she was like, Oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't think he meant to like, you know, his son just died and, you know, kind of like siding with him on it. It was just a very fucked up situation. And, uh, you know, I told my uncle about it cause it was his dad and, uh, he was like, I'll take care of it. And so I was like, okay. And then he never answered his phone ever again. And like, would not talk to me after that. And like, I haven't spoken to anyone from that side of the family since that happened. Um, and I like came to found out, came to find out like, that everyone there thinks that I'm like a liar about it and calling me like a nymphomaniac and all these horrible things because they hold my grandpa to such a high standard that they think he would never do something like that. And ever since, like after that, I, I know my drinking got like a lot worse. Um, Just and, to forget that shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I haven't really like had any, like, I mean, I haven't had any contact with them. Um, so that happened in, like, August of 2018. And then, like, that Christmas, my aunt, which is my grandpa's son, or his daughter, sorry, um, invited me to come to her house in Colorado Springs for Christmas. Um, well, there's, like, a weird situation there, too, because her husband, um, when I was, like, 18, was, like, sending me... Uh, we all get drunk together and stuff. Like I was, of course, drinking at the time where he would like send me like inappropriate videos of himself. And I got blamed, you know, for that, of course. Like I didn't tell him no, but I'm also the younger person in the situation. He's like a full grown adult man, married, has kids. And uh, so, you know, I basically got shunned for that. And I never talked to my, my parents again because of that. And then... um. <laughs> You know, when I went to Kansas for that, my uncle's funeral, my aunt pulled me aside and was like, I'm really sorry that I blamed you for all that. Like, you know, that wasn't your fault. You know, you were just a kid and all this stuff. I, you know, it was totally his fault. And she's like still with the guy. So then she like, we squashed it, you know, and then she invited me to her house for Christmas. And so my uncle's there. And then turns out my grandpa was there, too. So it was just a very like weird situation and we were all getting drunk and fucked up and, um, you know, my uncle's kind of like picking me on, picking on me a little bit, like, and, uh, my aunt's like, what's going on with you and you and, uh, you know, my uncle and I was like, thinking that I'm trying to like take him away from her or something. And we're just all like, really, it's just like a really weird situation. And like, he comes inside and he was like, what me and her have is solid, like, you can't tear us apart. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, did you guys bring me here to like, fuck with me? Like, I do not understand like what is going on. And we were like in a closed room and they, I was like, dude, your dad, like just freaking like sexually assaulted me. Like, I don't know if you knew that, but that happened like a couple months ago. And like, now this is happening. Like, I don't understand. And it was just like super weird. And I left and like, I just blocked everybody and like did not talk to anybody since then. Just a very, very weird situation. And um, like I said, I just had a very weird relationship with 
uh, sex, and I think it just goes hand in hand with my drinking. Um, those two things the, just, especially when you know, like no one um, a- acknowledges um, around you. Mm-hmm. You know that that creates, um, you know, like it's you know, like since people don't don't believe it or you know, like just don't want to acknowledge it. You probably feel that you know, like you want to forget about it, you know, like that, you know, or erase it. Um, I mean, that's that's just fucked up, you know. Like it, in a sense, you know, like of of trying to find, um, I don't know what's the right term, but you know, like you 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 need to find. Um, you may be looking for, you know, like the, the, there must be a time where you're looking for even like closure or, you know, like, but you can't, you know, because mm-hmm. no one acknowledges that it happened in the first place, you know, like, so it's fuck, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> it all just snowballs. Like, you know, you know how it goes, like in my sobriety, like right whenever I got sober, well, my rock bottom was. My boyfriend that I'm with currently left me. Um, my drinking just got so bad that um, I came home like drunk at like 3 a.m. And I didn't even realize he was gone. And so it was all his shit. I was so drunk. And I woke up the next morning. And that's when I realized that he had taken all of his stuff and he left. And, um, you know, I'm calling him, I'm calling him. And like, he's at work. And I'm like, what, what happened? And all this stuff. And he was like, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. He's like, you've told me so many times that you're going to stop drinking. And I had like literally fucked up like really bad the week before. And four days later I was out drinking and he was like, you just don't care. He was like, when, when am I going to be more important than alcohol? And of course I'm always like, you are more important. You are more important, but nobody is when you're drinking alcoholic is, or alcohol is always going to be the first thing no matter what. And I was like, okay, like, okay, I'll go to AA, I'll go to AA. And um, the next day I went to a noon meeting and that's like my home group now. And I went in there and was at a church and this older woman was like an old timer came in and she was so sweet and she, she could tell it was my first time and uh, walked me in the room and, you know, we're all the chairs in there, everyone's in a circle and, uh, you know, introduce ourselves and stuff and, you know, they got they don't, they don't tell you you have to share in your first time, but you know, in some meetings they're like, Oh, is there a newcomer wanna maybe share something, you know? And I just like broke down like bawling. They had to give me like tissues and I'm just like blubbering, like, Oh my boyfriend left me and I just can't do it anymore, you know, just like I just couldn't stop crying. And I'm the youngest one there, you know, like nor you know, there's not that many young people in my area that go. I've never been in a meeting with anybody younger than me. Um, and so that, I just feel very grateful uh, for the program. I can't imagine going back uh, to where I was before and just feeling um, just anxious all the time and angry and resentful and like just always concerned when my next drink was going to be there like all the time like even if I walked the dogs I needed to be drunk to do that if I was going to go grocery shopping I was like I need to take my gym beam with me in my purse and 
you know, having it in my car, having it in my drawers after I, even I got sober, like I was scared to go in one of my drawers because I knew there was like four, like half empty, like there was like little tiny shots in the end of each one. And I was like, if I add all those up together in one glass, I could get something out of it. That's going to be good. <laughs> so I ended up telling my boyfriend that he went and immediately grabbed him and dumped him all out. Yeah. I mean, like it's uh, when I came out of therapy, I had um, I almost forgot that, you know, like I, I, I had I wouldn't have pushed it to, to hide uh, booze and like like the toilet thing or you know, like but but I had booze all over the place. You know, like mm -hmm. so I had booze hidden in, you know, like the um, some of my file cabinet and, you know, and so on. And so um you know, like I don't, I don't remember. It was you know, like a few days later, I had a talk and um, with with my girlfriend at the time. You know, like the the mom of my child, and you know, like I was like, "Do you know how many fucking <laughs> bottles are around me right now?" You know, like, and she was like, "No," and I was like, "Here, you know, like here, here, here." <laughs> you all know? pull one out of your shoe. You're like here. Yeah, almost, almost. You know, like it looks like like a like a movie. You know, like, mm -hmm. and she was like, "Holy shit!" We thought, you know, like we cleaned the place. I mean, no, 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 no. It was, you know, like no way, you know, you could have cleaned. You could have cleaned that place. Um, there's there's bulls all over, um, and yeah, I mean, like that, you know, like and and we said it earlier, you know, like for people that don't understand what it is, mm -hmm. um, it's almost impossible for them to figure out that you know, like we can make ourselves, um, you know, like so many of those. Um, Play, you know, like just hidden places and, you know, like just uh, finding strategic ways, you know, like how would I relapse, you know, like or, or find excuses or, mm -hmm. you know, like so it's just crazy, you know, like I'm, I've always been super scared of the relapses, you know, like it for me it was just scary. Um, just scary because I never, you know, like I never knew if I'd come back, you know, like uh, so for me, it was just a, a scary thought to have um, around relapsing. Um, but you never have? No. Good for you. Because I was worried. I was just, I was, again, you know, like I was really, 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 um, uh, I, I've always been, I've always feared relapse. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, like that. I think it's a blessing, you know, like it has not much to do with me. Um, I remember doing, you know, like we would do what they called uh, like post cure. Um, so, you know, like after the, the therapy, you know, like we would have like, um, they called us like a post uh, therapy session and whatever. And I remember, um, already you know like a few weeks later people like uh relapsing in the group we were in you know like maybe 12 people and you know like i would see one fall after another and uh, i remember one guy that you know like would just come back i think it was every month or every two weeks but he, you know like every time he would come back and and just well you know like i used last week and then i used the week before and then, you know whatever whatever mm -hmm. and i remember telling him aren't you fucking scared that you won't come back? You know, like, I mean, what the fuck? You know, like I was just, I was blown away by, you know, pretty much the guy not 
really caring about it you know like so it was for me it was scary i was like <laughs> wow you know like you, you, you you're not worried you know like that you may not come back you know like, i'm not gonna take that chance just because of that mm -hmm. um i think there's just like a little voice that's telling you like for me because i relapsed three times uh and no one knew that i did i except for Like, I did get caught, but, like, my boyfriend didn't know until the third time I did. And that's, I came home and I walked in immediately, like, fucked up, like, blacked out. I was like, I fucked up. And um, the first time I relapsed, it was, like, two months after I got sober. And I lied about it. And I kept going in the rooms and getting my chips, even though I had drank. And I was like, but I was justifying it to myself. And I was like it's fine. Like I can handle it. Like, you know, it was just that one time, like, look, I didn't drink again. Obviously I'm fine until the next time. And then like the, it got a little closer together. Like it was like I relapsed and then I was like, didn't drink for a little tiny bit. And then I, again, and then within like a month I drank again. So it was like, it was gonna, if I hadn't have gotten caught that night, if I, if I would have been able to hide it, um, I probably would have kept, kept, sorry. No problem. I probably would have kept, uh, kept going and kept drinking. Um, if I hadn't have gotten, gotten caught. Cause I just had that little voice in my head that was like, it's fine. And a lot of it for me was like the social part of it. Like I threw like a Christmas party at my house and my sponsor was like, I don't think that's a good idea, but, you know, they won't tell you what, what to do. But she was like, I don't think that that's a good idea. And it was like, I invited all my girl coworkers. It was girls only. And uh, I was like, yeah, you guys can bring your own alcohol. Like, it's fine. I'm good. Like two minutes after I like went, started going to AA. And uh, I ended up like drinking this one girl's like whole bottle of wine. And she didn't even know. And at like the work work the next day, she's like, did you guys see that? She was like, I drank my entire bottle of wine. And in my head, I'm like, no, girl, you didn't. Like, I drank your whole bottle of wine and yeah. everybody left. And I was still there drinking what was left in everybody's cups. There's no more <laughs> liquor stores were closed. I couldn't go anywhere, but I was drinking what was left of everyone else's nasty backwash alcohol glasses. And... No, like the next day, it just acted like nothing happened. Everything was fine. Um, and that was in December. And then New Year's, I uh, trained jujitsu also. And uh, I was with my jujitsu people. And they're all older than me. And my boyfriend, he trains too. And um, they were having like a New Year's party. And they were, you know, nice enough to get me non-alcoholic stuff. Um But I ended up like no one was looking. I had like a red cup and I had water in it before. I had some water in it, but I just poured a bunch of Patron in it. And so I was drinking that around. And of course, I'm getting more like fun and wild and all this stuff. And then eventually I'm getting more careless. And then one of the ladies saw me pour like a sparkling wine or whatever it's called in my glass. And then I... um hear her whispering to the other lady and they go to another room and then they're like, Macy, come here. I was like, oh fuck, they know. And um, 
go in the room and they're like, are you okay? We saw you drinking. We need to call your sponsor. And of course I'm like, leave me alone. I'm fine. Like, this is not your concern. Like I'm, I'm okay. I'm promise. I promise. And I was like, just don't, don't tell Shane. Don't tell Shane. Like I'll tell him, I'll tell him like, it doesn't need to come from you. And of course I didn't tell him. And, uh, until in February, the next time I went out downtown with some friends and I knew I was going to drink. I had it in my mind. And I went and I was like double gym beam neat, got it. And then I just kept going and going and ended up like getting tequila with this one girl and just all night. I know I'm not sure. I think I went home at like two and there was no hiding it. Like my boyfriend was in bed. He had to work at like 7 a.m. the next day and... Uh, I was like, I fucked up and I was like blabbering and crying about it. And the next day I somehow convinced him again to stay with me. I don't know how, like, I've been like so grateful for him to like keep giving me all these chances. But since then, that was the last time I drank on February 27th and I've been sober since then. Wow. And you know, like how, you know, like what makes it different this time, do you think? Man, I just think I was ready. I think I was just tired of it. Like I was tired of hurting myself, tired of keeping up with it, exhausted, tired of like disappointing myself and my boyfriend and like hurting people around me. And I just wanted to be better. Like I had already gone through, you know, when I first got tried to get sober a year ago, like the amount of mood swings I had was absolutely insane. Um, I, you know, was, I, I had the shakes after, um, for a while I was crying, listening to music because it made me think of alcohol. Like it was like my fucking boyfriend or something. Cause I wanted to drink so bad and like certain songs would remind me of alcohol. It would make me so sad and like still certain songs that I listen to, like I can't, if I'm in a certain mood, I can't because it like triggers me to like go back into that headspace. Um, and this time I just, I think I'm just so much happier with the person that I am. Like more people want to be around me. More people want to be my friend. I have, I think a better aura about me um it's just less exhausting i don't have to lie about like my drinking and running into the like the other room to take shots from my sock drawer and then hide it and then run back out like i'm a super fun cool person naturally even though i'm taking shots out of my sock drawer um i think a lot of my drinking comes from me not like being confident enough in myself that i'm a boring person without alcohol and that no one's going to want to be around me and like I'm not a good time. And I think it's actually the other way around. Now that I'm had a small amount of time, I think more people want to actually be around me than how I was before. Um, and I've just accomplished so much in this short, like seven months time period. Um, you know, I've actually got to like start hiking. I hike my first 14 er by myself <laughs> uh, with my dog. And that was really great. I would have, I love outdoors and I 
never could do any of those things when I was still drinking because when I would wake up, I would already be drunk. I wouldn't even get to the hiking spot. I wouldn't be able to hike while being shit-faced. Um, I, like I said, I did you change my anything about your routine? You know, like, did, you know, like, is there anything, you know, like from, from the relapses to you keeping clean, you know, like, have you changed anything in the way you, I don't know, like confess to others, uh, confess to yourself? Um, do, do you see a difference in, 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 you know, how transparent you are with your own self, you know, like how, how the, you know, if you feel and, you know, because, you know, like I've, I've heard that, that, you know, like people, you know, almost like where, you know, because the first person you're, you're fucking with is yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, so, so um, being bluntly honest about, you know, like when you're trying to screw yourself you know like it's it's just you know like a huge difference um have you seen that yeah i'm like a like a fucking chronic self-sabotager like i don't know why i do it i'm sure a lot of other alcoholics do too um but now i'm more aware of my thinking because i'm thinking more clearly um i know when i start getting a weird feeling and i know to shut that shit down immediately and call my sponsor um if i'm having any type of situation where i need to pause and i think in aa it's pause pray proceed um or i think that's what it is but i I, it's hard to like to pause and reflect before you continue down a path of destruction or something that you can't take back. Um, so I immediately will call my sponsor and, uh, talk to her about things. And then I can actually go about my day with like a clear thing. And that's just with more, um, things that really upset, upset me, I call her. Um, but with just like every little day things, I wake up and I know I'm not going to drink that day. I don't go out with anybody uh, where there's going to be alcohol. I just don't do it. Before, when I was like first trying to get sober like a year ago, I wanted to go so bad and I'll be so upset that I couldn't go and like throw a fit. And um, I don't even want to go anymore because I know what I'm going to lose if I even if I even like tinker with the thought of having a drink because that's how easily the thoughts get in there. They like weasel their way in and like it'll eat at you and eat at you until one day you're just fucking drinking. Yeah. And I just don't even let that get in there at this point. I, I get up in the morning. Now I'm like addicted to coffee. <laughs> I get up and I make my coffee. Um, I read for like the first hour of my day, um, take care of my dogs and I'll go to work. I have my own dog treat business. So like make all natural dog treats. So that's kept me like really busy. Um, if I'm not at work, I'm at home doing that. Um, but I think uh, my, you know, like the obsession with alcohol, like has turned into just other things um, like the coffee and the food. Um, all that stuff still isn't good, but it's better than drinking. Um, 
so I know that it's always going to be something, but I think I'm just always going to have to actively keep be keeping an eye on that those type of things. Um, shopping, I I absolutely go crazy with shopping, um, and it, it gets to a point where it's like fuck, like I'm gonna I'm gonna spend all my money if I don't like chill out. It, you know, my boyfriend he balances me a lot, and we'll sit and have talks, and like I'm not great with feeling like I'm getting scolded for what I'm doing, <laughs> but he's yeah. always right. Cause he's like really good, like business wise and like financially. And I'm like, okay, like you're right. Like I can't be doing this. And with the coffee, like if it's almost like, I don't know sometimes if I should be drinking as much coffee because it'll give you like that little bit of buzz, you know, like you feel that little bit of, Ooh, that feels good. Like a little bit yep. of energy and then you're drinking it every day. And then like the buzz isn't there anymore. And it, it'll stop. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now I need to not drink coffee for a couple of days if I want to get that high back that I'm getting from coffee. So it's like I even have to like watch myself when I drink coffee because even though I'm not getting drunk off of it, it's I'm still chasing a feeling that um, could lead to something else and not yeah. not good thinking. <laughs> FYI, when, you know, like all the time I was in therapy, it was a 21 day therapy. Um, it was a non-caffeinated beverage, hot beverage that looked like coffee, oh, but shit, tasted really? like shit. Yeah. And um, even the Coca-Cola was non-caffeinated. And um, and so sure enough, you know, like after 21 days, you know, like I was like a huge Coca-Cola drinker and a huge coffee drinker. But my my the drug of choice wasn't cocaine right but you know like um especially my roommate is is sweet tooth was with cocaine mm -hmm. and um for a while he just couldn't um you know like so it, what happened is that the first two weeks we had if they were meeting it was like the hni right you know like a hospital and institution uh, that would mm -hmm. come to uh the therapy center and the third week they allowed us to go outside so and sure enough you know i like get outside they had either coca-cola coffee or both um so i remember thinking so i had two week purged out of any type of caffeine and i bought myself like two cans of coke <laughs> and uh i had like the the cold sweats and you know like i felt like shit after it and i was like oh wow you know like i didn't know i had you know like built such a strong almost immune to it you know like and and all of a sudden this just gave me like the sweats and you know like i didn't feel well mm-hmm and um, um, my roommate, which had came in like a week later than, than I did. So I got out and then, you know, he reached out when he got out and we went to a coffee place and the first coffee he took, um, it, it triggered him. Mm. And he was like, oh, shit, it's the he said, same feeling. Like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I have to be <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> super careful about it. And much later, I met with someone that was, um, um, she was bartending at a non-alcohol 
bar. We, we had a few of these uh, in the past years, and one of them was super popular. Uh, and she bartended there, and she said that um, people would be taking like four or five bottles, you know, like the original Red Bull, super concentrated, looks like molasses, mm. small glass bottle. They would take like four or five doubles of these just to recreate something similar to the, you know, like to a buzz of the high of cocaine. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? It's like, yeah, they would, they would come back of the dance floor are fucking sweaty. And you know, like that, you know, like they would try to get like a kick out of that huge amount of caffeine or that huge jolt of caffeine. So I totally understand what you're saying. It's weird it, trying to chase that high. Like, it's yeah. like it doesn't even make any sense. Like why, why, why? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not only that. I mean, like the relation with you know, like the relation with pretty much anything has to be carefully dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're not aware, you know, like it, it, like I said, you know, like I'm I'm training right now. Like I'm I'm just like when pandemic started. You know, like I was training when when pandemic started. I went fucking nuts over training um i actually was looking at that earlier today and you know like so i go drop my kid so i have a 23 uh, a 20 year old and um a 19 year old and a, and a four um, i i drop so i every morning since um daycare has reopened i take a run with the stroller and drop him off at daycare leave the stroller there to make sure that I'm going to have to go pick it back up and run back home. So I spend my day working and then by 4.30, I leave here, run, jog back to the daycare center, put my kid in the stroller and jog back home with my kid in the stroller. I run over 10K a day right now. Added to that, I put myself in a 40 50 minute training regimen in my home gym in my garage um that's fucking crazy you know mm-hmm. like that's that's too much <laughs> so i have to be careful about all of these all the time if i if i'm in the training you know like the, the last time it happened it was in 2014 i did um two or three times what they call Spartan trifecta, which are like the three distances that Spartan had at the time, which was a 5K, a 15K, and a 25K. I did this like four, three summers in a row. Plus added, you know, like I convinced my team, my, my, my co-workers to participate in a few of these runs as well. So we did like the Tough Mudder and, and I did the Warrior Dash, even traveled to Boston because, you know, like uh, Tough Mudder wasn't go, coming in Quebec um, so yeah and until I hurt myself it was either my back or my wrist and I couldn't do it for a while and then I stopped and I'm back at it right now and well knocking on wood you know like I'm not hurting myself but um, I just have to be careful about it yeah my um, I mean I kind of already knew it but my, my boyfriend does tell me he's just like why do you have to be so extreme he was like, with every single thing you do. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I just, well, yeah. So he like, everyone, everyone around me calls me extra. Like I'm, I'm very extra is what people say because 
like right now my house is completely covered in halloween decorations and my boyfriend is like it's too early like i don't like having all this here like it's giving me anxiety and literally like i spent probably almost 500 bucks on halloween decorations and like once i start doing something i just like i can't i get fixated on it if it's like that or um shopping for uh once i started hiking again i went and spent like like almost 300 bucks at tj maxx and all athletic clothes and then all i did for like a month straight was go on hikes like sometimes like fucking three in a weekend that's all i was doing and it's just like transfers into different things i just get like insanely obsessed with certain things and like that is all i want to do whether it's like i'm eating a certain thing like i can't even eat croissant rolls like sometimes because i will fucking sit there and eat them with honey like i'll just make them and eat them and eat them and eat them and then i like can't even look at them anymore or like oreos it's the same thing and i'll just you know and i just tell my boyfriend i'm like it's okay like in a month or two i completely won't even want them anymore (laughs) yeah yeah and and you talk about halloween um that's my favorite oh, festivity ever. And uh, my wife now knows that. <laughs> but we have like three enormous um, Rubbermaid um, cases, enormous Rubbermaid cases full of costumes. <laughs> and we have, I have all kinds of fucking masks. I have everything, like the fake teeth, you know, mm-hmm. like I have like the, the old thing. And then I have like a like a separate portion for decoration. Um, and every year Costco um, comes out with like an animatronics mm-hmm. of something. Um, so the first year it was like a huge, huge guy that kind of welcomes you, you know, like he talks and his mouths move and I think his hand moves. And then last year it was a witch, which is like stirring like a huge pot. And, you know, and this year it was like dueling banjos, uh, skeletons. And when we saw it, it was like a month and a half ago. My wife just looked at me and started laughing. <laughs> She's like, it's going to end up in the cart, right? I'm like, well, we may leave it. But it may be gone if we come back next week, mm-hmm. you know. And she's like, "Ah, fuck it, just fucking buy it," you know. And and um, I'm I'm my fun, my son is four, and the first three years, I think he had like four costumes ready, <laughs> which didn't make any sense. <laughs> So, you know, like, you know, like I could argue that, you know, like two, one for daycare and one for evening, even though he would, he would be, you know, like he would be in bed by six, you know, like, which means that, you know, like there was no evening (laughs) Halloween going, you know, like, so, um, yeah. And so this year I just, I was like, okay, like, just talk to yourself, you know, like, just, just put the brakes on it. (laughs) Fuck it. You know? And so, um. This year he only has one costume, um, but I've already ordered like a mask. Um, anyway, so like it's just it's just nonsense every time. And last year, um, because again, you know, like talking about nonsense, it was there was a rain. I, you know, like I don't, you know, like it, it's gonna make me mad. But you know, like there was a rain forecast that Thursday, and our city mayor decided that it would be too windy and too rainy and she canceled she fucking canceled Halloween. 
And I'm not kidding. You know, like she, she moved it to Friday and Friday I already arranged, um, some get some friends to come home. And so I had to, you know, like totally cancel Halloween. Um, and I was just like, just angry about it. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, you know, like I, I just plan on, you know, like making it great this year and then pandemic hits and, you know, God knows what's going to happen with that. Um, but you know like you talk about this as for food you know like same thing you know like i have you know like you you just have to pretty much like be aware and you know like i would say like that roller coaster ride of like being super intense and extra about it you know like you mm -hmm. it it slows down and you pretty much like when you when you're climbing up that hill of you know like going fucking full full on and full throttle on on the intensity you you get to talk to yourself and say hey 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 you're going uphill here you know like relax and then you slow it down but it, at the same time as you you know like you, you just you know like you talked about being an entrepreneur and you know like starting a business if you didn't have that fire you probably wouldn't have done what you've done with it mm -hmm. you know like so so it's kind of a it's a it's a weird dance of i'm i'm a sales guy on you know like a, during the day and if i didn't have that fire and that passion in me i wouldn't be where i'm at today um 20 something years later in in technology doing what i do for a living if it wasn't for that that passion and that you know like intensity yeah and so i remember once you get sober yeah. you have to put it it kind of there's like one of two ways you we go with it and of course we went the fucked up way with it first and like used all of that yeah to get as fucked up as we could and this and that and then once you get sober it's like at least something positive i mean it's positive in itself to get sober but a lot of the times like yeah it like turns into like that same ethic or in it that fire like you say and it turns into something and choking it up is not a better option you know like you know like some some try choking it up when they get sober yeah and they get frustrated and pissed and you know like just fucking angry all the time and you know like i had a vp that would you know like almost laughing tell me you know like i would do presentation and he said he would just like stop me and say alex can you just toning tone it down two notches on the passion please you know like I, we get the point you know like and i would say oh yeah you're right you know like and then move on um so you know like th that was pretty much the best image the guy could give me just tone it down too much on the passion, Alex. You know, like it's it's way too much right now. It's almost like <laughs> a lovable quality, though. I feel like sometimes it uh, is that people, normal people, are like attracted to. They think yeah, something but, but, else that it's like we're so determined and you know we're really good at certain things, but it, it we are, but it, it comes from a different place. I feel like than what they think it does. Yeah, and and my wife um, said it again this week. You know, like if if we make a purchase for a house, and you make a purchase or you recommend a purchase for a house, I am more than convinced that you made so much research around it that we're getting the best shit that there is out there. You know, and she she's right. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I'm getting a new TV or I'm getting like that podcast equipment, 
I've made so much. I went so all in on mm-hmm. it that still again, you know, like a few a few days uh, a few days ago, uh, another uh, another person that I know reached out to me and said, "Okay, I need to get a microphone, Alex. You know, like I'm recording, blah blah blah." Um, I know that you know, like you you either have them all or you know them all. So what should I get? <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to go research all this and I'll tell you exactly which one. <laughs> well, I, I already did it, right? <laughs> um, so so I was like, well, you can drop by. I'm going to, you know, like you can borrow one of mine and um, do a test with it. And, you know, like we know, I, I'm pretty sure that's what you need. And he, 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 he reached out like 24 hours later and said, Alex, you, you were goddamn right. You know, like that's exactly what I need and so on. Um, and there was a few people that reached out, you know, like when either I met with them or I told them about, you know, like that, that new thing I was starting, the podcasting. And, and um, they reached out later and said, hey, Alex, I'm thinking about starting like interview based podcasting or whatever. And, and said, um, can we go have lunch together? Because, you know, like I, I need some tips on what, what I should get. And I was like, well, yeah, I already did all that research, so might as well you know, like benefit from it, you know, like, so yes, that's, you know, like that's, and, and you know what, Macy, you know, like it took me almost 10 years to start embracing it, you know, because, you know, like some, some, you know, like from, you could translate some of the language coming from the 12 steps as getting rid of some of these because they could be considered defects. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, no, 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 they're not. Actually, I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to embrace that I'm a, I could be extreme and intense, but that makes me who I am. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like it, it, it's, um, if it wasn't for that, I would be a bland, boring, gray and beige fucking nothing. And I decided not to be, um, which comes with the best and the worst sometime. And, but that's me. That's the way you know? it is, so, man. Yeah. I get like that. Um, I have like a very strong, uh, what's the word? Um, attachment to my things. I like my stuff and, uh, like my DVDs. I don't even watch them hardly anymore. Cause I have like, you know, all the pot, like Hulu, Netflix and all that, but I have yep. so many and they're all like in order by genre, by certain actors, and all my books are like that. They're all in order of like all my self-help books, all my biographies, all the business books. They're all in like a specific order, and like all my clothes are color coordinated. And I feel like if any of those things like fall out of place, it I cannot do anything else until I fix it. Like I, those are just like my certain things that, um, I don't let anyone borrow my stuff, <laughs> like my deep, my DVDs, my clothes or my books. I don't know why I just have like a very like strong attachment to my things. Um, and it would, I don't know if that has something to do with my alcoholism at all, but I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I yeah, but it's, 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 that. it's but see, you know, like my father has like a little hoarding tendency mm-hmm. and it, it provoked uh, almost the opposite. I used to be, you know, like I used to be a bit like that and and decided to, if 
you know, like I, I did a lot of cleaning during the pandemic and, um, I would, I would open like a drawer or whatever and look at it and said, have I touched it or think about it in the past six months? If the answer was no, I would just fucking throw oh it out. Oh my God, go for you. It was, it was just, uh, um, an intentional, um, almost coordinated exercise that I did almost worried that you know like i would accumulate too much and so i started looking at shit and i was like okay when was the last time that i thought of that or that box or whatever you know like it was empty boxes of shit that i had and it was like well i'm i'm not gonna sell it back or i'm not gonna okay bye and um my my, my, my i'm i'm not i'm far from being a minimalist you know like my, my friend would be laughing their <laughs> ass off um but i'm i i've decided intentionally to just like try to come back to something regular let's say let's let, let's call it regular <laughs> even though you know like a lot of people would say that's too much but you know yeah come back to something better um macy thanks a lot for your time thank you for um, having me i have uh you know like I, I i i always say the same thing you know like i reach out to perfect stranger to me you know like i i i reach out almost like in a, in a blind way of you know like when i see inspiring quotes especially on social media i reach out by you know like explaining the story of that journey of that podcast and and um you embarked in it um without even knowing me and uh i'm super thankful for that and and because of that you know like i i i thank you again for your participation in it um the last thing I'm going to ask you is, you know, like um, if there's anywhere that people can find you, where can they do? Definitely on my Instagram um, is where you would be able to find me. Uh, Macy.hicks, H-I-C-K-S. Um, all I can say is I'm grateful for having to like talk. I know that it's supposed to be um, anonymity first, but ever since I have made certain posts about my sobriety and my story, I have gotten a lot of people messaging me um, about their alcoholism and asking for my help. Um, and that makes me feel really good. And I hope that that continues to happen. So I'm willing to break my anonymity for that. <laughs> And um, just so you know, Macy, I had the same inter interrogation about anonymity. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a chance to, uh, there is a guy that did um, a huge amount of research, especially uh, around a Narcotics Anonymous. Um, um, anyways, you know, like it's 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 great. It's like an hour and a half for someone explaining like the origin of it all. And uh, one thing that's in sport that it's important and you know, that has relieved and and calmed me in my interrogation around anonymity is that originally the intent of anonymity was because some of the counties and cities had rules around putting drunks and addicts in jail if they were um, identified and and delayed uh, delayed by by uh, people so some of the black and white photos of people attending meetings they would be in ma wearing masks mm. because they didn't want to be um 
pretty much you know ratted by people and being thrown in jail so that was pretty much like the original intent of anonymity it got it, i understand that it matured and, and got transformed and you know like you don't want to fuck up your career because someone you know like or whatever doesn't trust whatever it is you know like but but the origin of it is not what people think the origin of it is mm-hmm. um and it it it, comfort, it has comforted me a lot listening to that to that uh, explanation of the true origin of why people have put anonymous uh, first. Um, it wasn't initially just because of what you just said, mm-hmm. you know, like being super careful about you know like your identity at all. It was because if you were identified as a drunk or as a drug addict, you could be thrown in jail uh which would have fuck up your life mm-hmm. right um which has nothing to do with why people you know still defends it so much right now um but i totally understand it and as far as your social media presence um if you if if you listeners look down below i'm going to be putting all of uh, macy's um links that she sends my way in the description of the episode so you can find it find her there uh thank you macy it was a pleasure having you and uh I, I wish you the best. It was a, it was a pleasure meeting with you. Thank you. You as well, Alex. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye.